0: i'm gonna just call this phoenix revisited maybe not just phoenix but uh arizona then we went beyond arizona lillian and i some of the people i should mention is ray ray uh was an older guy he worked in one of the plants motorola somewhere he had a good retirement and stuff and uh had a little hustle. He used to be our air conditioner man too, but he also had a little pontoon to go out to Lake Pleasant and fish. It was always a competition with him and Lillian. Well, it was always competition fishing Lillian, even though she didn't eat them, she could catch them. And we going go hang out on Lake Pleasant on his pontoon that night or on the weekend. And uh, it was really cool. His wife didn't hang out like that, but we sure did. And uh, that was like one of Lillian's friends. Lillian had a bunch of friends. Mr. Liggins, one I should mention. Fucking brilliant mechanic. He was back in the days. I mean, he was still doing, running the cars. Cars hadn't got so modern. But he was a brilliant mechanic. Uh, black dude, tall, skinny. He had one of the best hot rods. If not the best ride hot rod in uh, Phoenix. And when they used to roll down Main Street, his club was the one. He won all the races and stuff, and he, you know, he just uh, one day he just quit doing everything and uh, start set up drinking. He was always a good drinker, but stopped talking shit like something had been haunted his ass. Caught up with him, and he just shut down. and I saw it in my first time seeing somebody wasted like that. Then there was Anthony, one of her brothers. Uh, and then there was this young man with heart trouble. Her family had heart trouble uh, on the uh, human side. And that's with uh, Gail and his family. There was a big family over there, Miss Earlene. And uh, she was funny though. He used to catch that fish though, bring her some fish all the time. So y'all loved talking to her. She was funny. And she, um, but on her side of family, you know, she lived long though. Long and well, not long enough, but long. And uh, one of these kids, Anthony, Anthony was the uh, one of the sons, red dude. He died, uh, saw him dying. Uh, one of the young men, I forget his name, nice young dude, a little heavy set, real. And they didn't, you know, he needed a heart transplant, they wouldn't give him a transplant because he smoked weed. You know, and now, you know, they give them fucking CBD and shit to chew on, suck on, whatever, or uh, doing fucking uh, transplant. But it's a different time back there. Not really. Same time. Um, who else? I, of course, I mentioned Miss Ligon and Miss Ligan. She was a funny little lady. She was a nice, nice person to sit around and talk to. Uh, she was at the church. I think she might have been one of them uh, Jehovah Witnesses. And I don't mean like one of them, but a Jehovah Witness. Um, who else? That was Tracy, Lillian's daughter, um, Jackie, Bob. I mentioned them. Used to go hang out by them. They live out on the outskirts of Casa Grande, way out there. Bought them a little place. Left San Diego and moved out here. He had them worked in the shipping, uh, military shipping industry. Bob was funny, though. But then again, sometimes I could just hit Bob upside his fucking head. He was too big-headed. But breakadosis. But he was cool, you know. Um, I mentioned uh, Noodles and his brother Muhammad and the Africans. I couldn't name them, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with them people. They are real, what they call salt of the earth. Um, Rasta, I mentioned him. But, you know, we used to uh, run to California a lot. Uh, we had went to San Diego a couple of times. She had a brother uh, down in San Diego. What was his name? George. <laughs> she called him Georgie. And George's wife, you know, they lived down in San Diego, visited him a couple of times. Used to see him in Phoenix a lot. They always you know, visit Phoenix from California. A lot of people from Phoenix, I mean from California actually moved to Phoenix. And we went down there to see her Aunt Ruth, her mama said these uh, thing. And she, her mama had a bird, Pumpkin. <laughs> oh, and she had Pumpkin a long time. And I'm not sure when Pumpkin died. But <laughs> Pumpkin died and I remember my mama crying and crying, Pumpkin. And then uh, she had a little Chihuahua Hercules. We lost that dog in the Orleans. that fucking dog just like this a fucking pier. And, uh, shit. That was Sadie. Sadie was, Sadie was all right, but she, she loved Lillian's husband before me. What, well, Larry? Was always called me Larry. Larry, like she making a mistake. Shit. Went on for a while before I said, look, you know damn well I ain't Larry. You need to stop. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-oh. But you know, she was alright. She was a little ornery But lived in the trailer. And when she died, oh fuck, that was bad. Lillian took it bad. Because Lillian was a cardiovascular nurse. Um she had uh firsthand knowledge about the fucking heart, you know, so she, your mother went into a hospital for some reason. And f- some way they got their, her mother to sign a do not resuscitate on her. So she had a heart attack in the hospital, went there for some shit, and they didn't do anything. But prior to that, Lillian looking at her charts and say, hey, she need potassium. Uh, they said, oh, yeah, we, we we getting the order for it. Uh, Lillian left, came back, and they still hadn't given them potassium. She said, look, she have, need to have some potassium or potassium. If she don't, she's going to have a heart attack, and just like she said there. She went home, they called her back and said her mama was, uh, had a heart attack, died. And, you know, Lillian being a cardiovascular nurse or, you know, nurse, yeah. And she went out her way to help people and I've seen this shit. And, um, and she took it hard and, you know, she pretty much stopped working because her doctor who she worked for told her, after he looked at the chart, you know, told her, well, just get over it, you know. That's one thing white folks always won't fucking tell you. Hey, well, just get over, you know. And, you know, she took that really hard. Because, you know, she's there and you don't tell none of your fucking patients, just get over. So she actually stopped working, tried doing other things and couldn't do nothing in the medical field. And that's when we pretty much uh, left Phoenix. But, you know, because I I couldn't work anymore. I had um witness, Katrina, and it's just took his toll on I me. Mean, I just witnessed Katrina, witnessed Katrina found out about my back that, you know, they knew my back was fucked up in the military and did nothing about it. And that's when McCully, my doctor, uh, in Scottsdale, uh, Lillian worked down the street from him and she, she sent a lot of patients to him. And it was primary care, he picked me up uh, on Lillian word and he was pretty good, um, a doctor from um, Prime Military. You know, so he rose up to the rank of colonel and stuff. Doing the old school medicine, you know, not trying to do none of this peel and all this other shit all the time. But he was getting old, so he was getting closer to prescribing him pills all the time. But he was pretty cool and he uh told him about my back, you know, and when I told him the symptoms, you know, he doubted me just like everybody else, so um got x rays of course. X rays ain't gonna show shit. And then he uh, got my military file, and then he did an MRI. Uh, And that's when he found out I had the herniated disc protruding in the center, fucking both legs up. And when he told me that, I took that pretty hard. And uh, at the same time, I had been going through some bad bouts of vertical after that, sitting underneath that uh, buzzard at... Uh, Liberty Mutual and I just couldn't take that that was throwing me in a spin looking at the computer and then with the stress of Katrina just happening and these well I mean what the fuck I'm witnessing on TV about my home how they talking about the people who I love and everything is fucking refugees running from them. I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa what the fuck this storm is happening so uh, I um I actually went into spend for months and months. They were giving me volumes and everything. And um, actually, that's when I got back into the VA. Got into the VA because McCully um, got my records. He reviewed them and he uh, said, "Wow." So you know, he told me to go to the VA so that I could go ahead and apply for uh, apply for disabilities, apply for my disability, and. Uh, I got 10% sinus right away and they, uh, oh God, that when I was working, cause I was still working now. And after I had uh, applied for the bank, they denied it and denied it. And you know, with Katrina going on and all this other shit, I'm like went sinking down in a fucking hole. I did, uh, I reached the point where I wasn't doing nothing, couldn't do nothing, my blood pressure was low because of the fucking medication they gave me. And uh, vertical just set in even worse then. Uh, So, and I think that had a lot to do with because they had me on blood pressure medicine and I didn't have high blood pressure. Had white coat disease. Until I found out, then my blood pressure stable out after I stopped worrying about going into hospitals or doctor's office. And I guess I'm back to that shit again now, but Phoenix was a good place. I mean, it was laid out. When I first moved out there, bought a house, it was on 83rd. 83rd and Whitton, Uh East of 83rd. And, you know, and uh, when, on the other side of 83rd, when I moved out there in 99, I... Um, There was nothing on the other side, 83rd farmland, big fields and stuff. The last time I went through that city, shit, they got shit all the way running to Avondale now. Avondale used to be out there. Now, Avondale is like, okay, well, we're going to start. Once we get out of Phoenix, get out of Gilbert, get out of this. But, yeah, it's a a huge, huge city. Uh, And I moved where I did because uh, it was on the outskirts. It was quiet. And when I, they had the stadium fiasco when I was there, and they ended up putting the stadium down on 83rd, but by that time I moved, I had just abandoned the house, because, I mean, I wasn't working. I, <laughs> I <went, laughs> Lillian had uh, we we're talking. And, you know, what I don't like is when you're talking, even if it's an argument, don't walk away. Don't say shit and walk away like, fuck, that's it. Because, you know, you don't do that. When you're arguing, if you're having an argument, whether, you know, it's, it's hard to call shit like that civil, but it wasn't no loud outburst and fucking crazy argument. It was just a disagreement. And she walked away, and I'm like, I got a little heat in it. Pulled it by the by I'm Like, wait a minute, why you walking? When he called the doctor, I mean, not called him, but next time I saw the doctor, she used to come in there with me and slip that in there. But he's getting a little aggressive. He, and next thing you know, I'm seeing a psychologist outside and this dick seen him six weeks and he's determined I was a motherfucking drug addict because I smoked marijuana and used to use crack 20 something fucking years ago more than 25 years ago and um, when I got my records I'm like fuck I can't get this to the damn job not that they would have done anything all I had to do was admit I smoked weed and then to put me in the program but you know I was dizzy and I was already on long-term, short-term disability, so mm-hmm. I just left it alone and didn't show them the paper. Now, mm-hmm. I was always under the impression that you had a right not to show your mental health records, but, and that was true. But my company, Liberty Mutual, was self-insuring, mm-hmm. so they had the right to my fucking mental health record. And I just say fuck mm-hmm. it, you're not getting it. <laughs> And then finally, you know, it came a battle where you're coming back to work or what? I'm like, no, well, you're, they're going to, unless I showed them the papers from mm. all my doctors, I wasn't going to get it. So I said, fuck mm. it. I quit. And I ended up, uh, you know, making arrangements, walking away from the house and stuff, put all that shit out there, sold what we could, and mostly just walked away with shit on, on the fucking deck. Mm. I swear, I am I just got the fuck away from that. I mean, it was easy for me to walk away from. Shit always have been, you know, because, I mean, I really hold no attachment, very, very few attachments to inanimate objects, you know, just like a radio or something like that. Really, I have no problem with throwing that radio away, but anything that's useful that I could use, if that radio just took up a little bit too much space, I would get rid of it. I'm actually thinking about getting rid of it anyway, because I need to uh, now find a charger for it. I didn't lost that. but you know it's um in Phoenix, i I mean, you know I had a good time. again, I didn't hang with any of the people I worked with other than I never did make that a habit. And I did start hanging with uh, Frank Somerville and Derek. I don't know Derek last name the the other Derek. Not that big, tall, stupid Derek, who talk about black folks, you know, and he was black. He was black and married to a white woman, and he found fault in every black person he talked to, like, uh, over the phone. And the thing was, (laughs) it didn't matter your fucking race to me. If you was on that phone on the other side with me, and I saw they was fucking you, I got you out of that shit. You know, and I got your discounts, whatever. We bought your policy in the, rain, in the line with what you could afford as opposed to what they told you you had to have. Because, yeah, you got to have it, but you can manipulate the uh, deductibles on car insurance, even on a homeowner's policy. Uh, you could get two policies, get a homeowner policy and an uh, auto policy. Reduce that shit, get all the discounts. It was just so much shit. And it seemed to me that You know, with the law of numbers, they would go and try to get people in those areas, high crime or high violence, whatever, Uh, they'd charge you just from being a victim of being poor, because you can't live there. So that's why most people in those areas don't have a car and rely on public transportation, which isn't fucking good. And in some places, it's even a fucking hazard. So. But Phoenix had a pretty good system. Uh, I didn't use it much. I had a car down there. Um, went through a couple of cars, a few cars, shit. Then I started making money. I had a few cars I bought then. I had a pickup. I had a LTD that Anna burnt up once they came down there, because uh, Phoenix was one of those places that invited a lot of people doing uh, Katrina. And after uh, they had settled in Houston for a minute, they came out to uh, Phoenix. God, that was one of the worst experiences in my life, having my family there. And I ended up putting them all out. I didn't put my mom out, but I you know, had to put my mom in check a couple of times, because of what she was doing to my little uh, niece, Rhonda. And you know, just being mean. And so she finally left, talked to uh, my sister and them. They pulled the ass back to Louisiana, where they just screwed over and left her alone. But she wanted to go there, so. They didn't tell her they were going to take care of her. <laughs> so I ended up, once I did end up back there, I ended up rebuilding the home and stuff, you know, uh, helping, getting it, overseeing the rebuilding. Dan, actually my friend, he all uh, did it. And, oh, uh, God damn, that was fucked up. But, you know, that's when we left Phoenix. Uh, Lily went back to Phoenix, I think it was in 2000, uh Katrina happened in 2005, 2007 we was there, 2011 Lillian had went back uh, to Phoenix, uh, got her apartment, her and her daughter, and uh, that was Phoenix, though. but I mean there is so much more to Phoenix than what I'm even, uh, we got South Mountain, you got Camelback Mountain, you got Squaw Peak, South Mountain, we used to go, me and Lily used to go up there and have lunch or dinner sometime at sunset, you know, you could look, overlook the city, and then the, the city is built on a square, you know, you got the avenue side, the street side, you got the north-south where the uh, uh, name streets are run, and like I said, it has some good Mexican food, good Mexican food, good uh, barbecue, and one of the places I worked that became known for his barbecue. Not really known to, no more than the other places because a lot of people didn't go down to the baseball uh, stadium too much. I mean they did, but you know, it's usually a regular crowd and that was a bar there and you know a lot of locals don't do that. Not there. But uh it has a huge black community. Um and actually Lillian's uh grandfather uh... Hager Hmm. actually founded the first NAACP that started it uh, in uh, Phoenix. He was a barber, one of the first black barbers and they you know on the south side of Phoenix and they used to own a home right off, I can't even tell you right not from far from where downtown was or the capital but uh no parents were My grandmother lived to like 90-something years old, and uh, they were, uh, I think the grandmother was from Buffalo, and they had Sadie and a couple of other daughters, you know, Um, and Sadie was uh, Lillian's mother, but, you know, not Hillman, Hillman's on the other side, Hagans, Hagler, I think that's it, the Haglers. You know, it started there in Neville If anybody hear this, they know who I'm talking about. But uh she was from a big fam, not big family, she's from the mm-hmm. predominant family. Uh the the church there, oh, what's the name of that church? Forgive me. That black church there. Oh uh, huh? I'm gonna remember it when I stopped talking. But uh, no, I've been to that church there with her a couple of times, you know, and she was and her family started that church, was involved with the beginning of it, and um, you know, grandparents and everything within the NWSP and shit. And they uh was a big part of that church, and her mother kind of shied away from it, but Sadie was a good musician, though she played it. But <laughs> what I understand, Sadie was a wild child, so... You know, spoiled wild child. And uh, Lillian was raised more by her grandmother than anything. But, um, God, there's a bunch of people. And then there's a uh, Tracy friend, what's her name? Lanita. And Lanita, you know, family had lost a little brother. Lanita actually lost a brother years before I got there, I think in the 70s, 80s. A lot of desert. But they had a lot of break home invasions when I was there, you know. And when Rhonda was there, she sent her daughter to open up, to answer the door for a damn pizza. Because Rhonda was in the uh, job corps out there. And uh, me and Lillian was taking care of Kira. And sent Kira to the damn door to get a pizza. I'm like, no, don't do that, baby. You know, oh, ain't nothing going happen. Come on, baby. Get up and go answer that door yourself, you woman. Because, yeah, I mean, they was having, fuck, you, answer, you open your damn door, motherfucker rush in. And ain't no child going to answer the door. Peace out. Go run to the damn door, open it up. So a big old argument happened after that and she ended up leaving. Uh, we did make up and get together later and, I, you know, me and Lillian still raised Kira a lot. Cause we went and raised up when we were in New Orleans living out the back of the uh, van because her mama was in jail starting to a fight at work or some shit. Uh, so we raised her along with uh, Robin's children for maybe two, three years. And that was even when Karen was alive, my sister. So, but anyway, that's that's family, I'm gonna get at that. But, you know, Lillian from Phoenix, she back there now. And actually, Lillian, uh, I came back to New Orleans when I dropped her off, stayed there a while, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't do Phoenix anymore. And I had, because uh, I didn't want to live off, because Phoenix was pretty expensive, I didn't want to live, it. but I was probably better off there than going back to New Orleans. So I uh, ended up uh, bringing her, dropped her off, and we. Uh, I stayed there a minute, got back to New Orleans, and that was my time in Phoenix. And Lillian had us. Uh, Actually went to school, started school again. You know, Lily was three years older than me, so and I was I was fifty-five, so Lily was in her sixty, just made sixty, and she started school again. Fucking graduated on honor, but Lillian was a smart cookie, and you know, she always was smart, so it didn't surprise me. And she had uh graduated, and next thing I know, Lily was an undertaker, and she always talked about that, because she actually was the one who her whole family called because they were sick, and asked her all kind of questions, or so called her when things was going on, go over records, and she actually helped a few of them, you know, on their final stages, you know, uh, getting things set up for them, so, you know, she was like an angel in, uh, in Phoenix, I mean... <laughs> I didn't trust the dog. I mean, girl knew how to apply fucking medicine to your ass and kill you. And you know, I was kind of scared of that shit. Not that I was doing nothing wrong, but I was always a suspect, though, fuck. But in Phoenix, you know, I had a good time. They had um, Mr. Earlene and her family spent a lot of time there The dealer around the corner. I can't think of this young man. man. And I think he stole my, him and his girlfriend stole my first fucking shortwave radio. But, that's it. Phoenix. I'm on the west side of you in Yuma, Arizona. And I don't think I'm going to go that way unless I got a doctor's appointment with the VA. So, I guess it might be the place because I, I actually started my VA healthcare right there in Phoenix. But anyway, later, Phoenix. You know, I would be remiss if I don't mention Vicky Hut and her husband Derek. Their son in Vegas, last I heard. But Vicki and them, they uh, had birds. She loved our birds. And she had a room, uh, they had a room dedicated to the birds. <laughs> So, Vicky was a good person, or is a good person, and, um, wish you well, girl, and Derek, later.